Is there anything better than a comeback story? An underdog? David slingshotting Goliath? For me, no. How could there be? I'm a serial founder. Failure is all but promised to me. And yet, I keep coming back for more. And I'm not the only one. This podcast is full of comeback kids. Founders who ran up to and occasionally over the brink of failure, only to bounce back and build something better. Today, we celebrate them the only way we know how. I'm Lewis Farrell, and this is the startup stack, Rocky Style. I could have been a contender. Let's get into it. Comeback kid number one is growth marketing heavyweight and Paramil co-founder Nima Gardaday. Nima's lesson, failure can teach you who your friends really are. We started out of what we call a failure. <laughs> so we've actually been in tech most of our careers, but all the founders, and uh, we had this startup that we went through sort of YC's fellowship with, and it didn't work out. But what we had realized as part of that is, A, that we love working together, and B, that we're pretty good at growth in general. Most of our backgrounds been either in marketing or product, and growth is the, the combination of those two things together. So when that company was failing, we sort of like decided that, hey, we could do this for other companies and start focusing on helping the different sort of sectors and software that we're interested in. Comeback kid number two is Anthony Armendariz of the design agency FunSize, who learned that success can be disorienting. Here's his story of coming back from the brink. Uh, Some of the more challenging things were like defining our own roles. As you might imagine, things change when you go from two people to four people to eight to 16 to 32, which is like where we're at now. And you have to find a way to scaffold and you have to find a way to stay connected to what you love doing, but also what the needs of the business are. Uh, The hardest parts for me were honestly coming to terms with my identity. Am I a designer still or am I a salesperson? Am I an owner? Am I a CEO? Like, what am I? And how do I define like who who I am and, and making sure that I'm fulfilled? Coming in at number three is Jess Ma, CEO of accounting fintech firm Indunero. Jess's comeback lesson? Big scary problems have to be acknowledged, even and especially when admitting it hurts. I, I try to be super authentic about it because running a business is not easy, right? For us, I think our first big challenge when we first started the business, and this is widely uh, shared about uh, if you just do a search for Indunero, our first business model just didn't work out. We were building a software that was a finance dashboard really targeted for sole proprietors. And a lot of them just weren't willing to pay for our solution. So we ran out of all the funding. We had raised about a million dollars and change and started completely from scratch and bootstrapped the Indonero that we have today, which is full service accounting and tax solution for businesses. Uh, a few years into doing that, so probably 2015, 2016, we just scaled out way too quickly. I mean, I hired dozens and dozens of extra sales reps and accountants and people who just weren't cost effective. We were just burning cash and we were getting good top line growth, but it was just so unprofitable, the type of growth we were getting. And my thought was, all right, if we just grow like this, we could go out raise money to cover up those problems. I didn't consciously think about it that way, but I thought we'll just optimize the model and do a better job over time. You know, it kind of dawned on me that I didn't want to run a business that way. So we had to do a decent sized layoff. We probably laid off 40, 50 people 
at that point, got to profitability almost immediately. And it kind of taught me this lesson of really understanding the underlying, not just long-term profitability of hiring salespeople, but also what's the cash flow. Comeback kid number four, Mike Morrell of the executive recruiting firm Rivera Partners. Mike's lesson, failure can teach you who you are and test how far you're willing to go. Biggest challenge was we were trying to do business in the Sil- in Silicon Valley. Uh, we were based in Santa Monica and we had no reputation. We had no brand. We had no tombstones, so no you know successful searches. So the way I put it is, you know, we were doing less than ideal searches for second, third, fourth tier, you know, kind of firms because that's what we could get. And so we always mm-hmm. said to ourselves, we have to kind of work our way up. We have to do, you know, if we're doing average deals for average investors. We want to do good deals for average investors and then average deals for good investors and then ultimately good deals for good investors. And that was really kind of our early North Star. But we were still geographically isolated down in LA and we were just weren't getting shots on goal with the VCs up in Silicon Valley. In 2006, we made the decision to move up to the Bay Area. So Ali and I sold our houses, burned burned the boats, and moved up to to Silicon Valley. And we bought out our third partner at that point because uh, he wasn't interested in in, in moving up this way. Um, At that point, so it's two of us. And I think we brought two two staff from LA. Today, we're about 100 people across the country. Uh, We've done searches, executive searches, in about 122 zip codes. Comeback kid number five, Swapnil Shindy, CEO of the AI-powered finance firm Zen. Swapnil's lesson, failure can be an amazing teacher. One of the advantages that we have is that a lot of those challenges were same, though the vertical was different. So even in Mezi, we probably managed travel for a million travelers in the first two and a half years. And we had travel agents supporting that on the back end. So the human operation was uh, pretty human intensive. But at the same time, we had to build technology that could balance the, the incoming requests and automate them in a way that we could scale as a company. So I think that part remains the same. So that challenge remains the same. The good news is that we have been there before and we have done that and solved that. But now we are applying it to the finance vertical, which is pretty new for us. So, and it's also pretty complex. The good news is that the data that we receive is pretty structured compared to travel vertical. So we have the advantage of data being available to us from all the different sources structured in a way that makes a lot of sense. Comeback kid number six. He's British, so maybe we'll call him our comeback chap. Is Matt Johns, CEO of the Accelerator you create. Matt's lesson, admit when things get tough. It might just save your company. Oh, it was it was really tough. <laughs> it was really tough. The the, the, the first couple of years were really really tough. The hardest thing was 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 getting people to to go ahead with a project when you don't have any you don't have any case studies you don't have any real expertise and, and frankly you're sort of making it up as you go along. And then it was just about networking. It was about just meeting as many different people as possible, trying to do the best possible job we could do on the ones that we had already. Um, and we had some really hairy moments. We almost ran out of cash numerous times, you know, days away from running out of money at the start. Literally things like asking certain of our early founders to pay a couple of months up front 
you know, look, can you help us out? We're helping you out. Can you help us out? You know, winning projects and ask, asking them to pay 50% upfront literally as, as tight as that, you know, we weren't taking very much money at all out of the business. We were, we were just surviving what we can. So I think, you know, people can say that there's amazing plan, there's amazing process, but at that start, when you just sort of, you know, hustling for a better word and just trying to just get wherever you can in and those early stages, it's just sometimes a bit of luck, but, but working really hard as well and doing a really, really good job and being transparent with your clients and, you know, being honest and saying, look, you know, this isn't great right now. This is what we need. Can you help us? And, and, you know, usually they would, but I'm really glad to say that, you know, after the first 18 months to two years, we, we really sort of worked out what we were doing. Comeback kid number seven is another Matt. Matt Prue of the growth agency, Stackmatics. Matt's lesson, when things don't go the way you expect them to, adjust. Be warned. Egos kill startups. I think being too ambitious out of the gate, we figured we would just sign Fortune 500 clients off the bat just because we had experience working with large customers of that size. But I think despite our experience, we need to develop a brand and reputation for Stackmatics itself. And so that's been the biggest focus for the business is to show that we can drive great results and do that at increasing scales. And so at first, that's what we did. We went after very large clients and a lot of those sales processes didn't materialize. And very quickly, what did materialize is when we reached out to founders in our network that we already knew who were able to activate us more quickly and to give us a lot of autonomy to drive results. And so we built up a big base of clients uh, that were smaller. And over time, we've been taking on larger and larger projects. And we've been working through those longer and longer sales cycles. But that was the biggest challenge is just getting the ball rolling. Comeback kid number eight is Pavel Soiga of the software development firm Tupus. Pavel's lesson, when investors give you lemons, make lemons. I had this idea for for a quiz game, very much similar to HQ Trivia. If you that was eight years ago, so yeah. HQ Trivia is actually best timing for that. But we started we started working on it. I, I I convinced two other other friends to to join me and to to work on it. I left uh, the full time job and and with with some savings we started working on our startup. And we always thought about creating company where uh, that would be like more like an umbrella organization where we would have multiple products and that would be one of them. That's how we started Tuplux and, and, and Quispy. That was the game that was supposed to be a first product. So we ran out of money pretty quickly. And at this point we were like, okay, so what do we do? And there was a bunch of folks uh, in my network that were reaching out uh, to us to help them build mobile apps. And that's actually how we started doing services. And that brings us to our final comeback kit of the episode, Greg Buckner. Greg's software development, data science, and design shop, AE Studio, shows us how great startups can rise from the ashes and why failure isn't always an endpoint. Interestingly, AE actually already existed at that time. Okay. And AE had come out of the uh, ashes of uh, my business partner, Judd, and my other partner, Ed, their previous startup. So they had had a startup in like the food delivery space. And basically, um, 
that startup had had failed for some interesting reasons, but they wanted to keep everybody on staff, and so they um, they were operating the company as an agency, but nothing like kind of what AE exists as today. So I met Judd, and they brought me in as a partner in the business, and like the business just started growing. So we kind of see it as like a refounding almost at that time. That makes yeah. the company that exists today is like you know much different than what existed then. Yeah, and that idea of human agency is kind of at the core of everything. That's it for this week's special Rocky-style episode of The Startup Stack. Thanks for joining us. And remember, life's not about how hard of a hit you can give. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. I'll see you next week, folks.